This is Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio, broadcasted on WFHB. We air every Wednesday from 5.30 to 6 p.m. Stay tuned for some more. Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by the WFHB and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. My name is Ming Wang, and today we are joined by members of the First Nations Educational Culture Center, or FNECC for short, to talk about their experiences being a part of the Culture Center and the heritage that it represents. Hello, my name is Kane Eller. Um, I'm a sophomore here at IU. I'm from Indianapolis originally. Um, I'm majoring public management and leadership and double minoring Native American Indigenous Studies and Law and Public Policy. Uh, On campus, I am the Vice President of the Native American Student Association, as well as a Justice on the IU Supreme Court. Hello, my name is Salazar Coahuilta Cosa Caballero. I'm a fourth year student here at Cali, um, majoring in entrepreneurship and corporate innovation and co-majoring in international business. Uh, Hometown, that's a complicated question. So uh, I'm of uh, Sabina Hidalgo, Mexico, Mexico. I was born in San Pedro Garcia, Mexico. Um, I grew up in Monterrey, Mexico, uh, but then uh, I moved to Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, did my elementary school there and then moved to uh, Prattville, Alabama, Alabama, and did my middle school there. And then finally moved back up here to Bloomington, Indiana and at uh, high school and college uh, here. And uh, I am I am the former uh, Native American Association president um, and the current Americans of Avillala uh, president um, involved with uh, both the First Nations Education and Cultural Center uh, and the Latino Cultural Center here on campus and trying to be a bridge uh, for both. Yeah, great. Um, so could you tell us a bit about like what your background is, like what tribe you're from and like where is it originally located? And kind of, yeah, could you go a bit deeper on like where your family lives? So on my mother's side, I'm Kuaultekin, uh, uh, which our traditional homelands are uh, northeastern Mexico, Mexico and southern Texas, Texas. Uh, and so um, splitting that border between the U.S. and Mexico, Mexico. And so there is currently a, a state recognized nation in San Antonio, uh, Texas, the Tapilam Kuaultekin Nation. Um, that's that's been around for a while, uh, working on uh, federal recognition, and one of the big issues there is is uh, indigenous history in, in the Alamo. My ancestry, I am from the Lamy, Upper Skagit, and Nooksack nations, all on my father's side. Uh, my mother is white. Um, our traditional homelands are what is now basically spanning from Seattle north into the um, Vancouver Island. Uh, we also straddle a border between the United States and Canada. Um, and so, yeah, we come from the lands up north in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, yeah, that's where all my family is from. But I live here now because this is, you know, where my mother's family is from in the Anishinaabe, Shawnee, um, uh, Lenape lands. So could you kind of define what the terms mean, like Indigenous, First Nations, Native American, and kind of what currently being used as? That's definitely a good question. I would say while all terms kind of fulfill a similar role, there's definitely different intentions behind each one. Um, Like 
for Native American, I think is probably the oldest of these terms um, and was kind of created as to be more respectful than the term Indian, um, which of course we all know came from a misunderstanding on the end of Columbus when uh, he reached the West Indies and thought, oh, I'm in India, um, these are Indians. And so Native American was created, um, but that was soon replaced with indigenous, which is kind of a similar term like they're from here. Um, First Nation specifically, I know, is one that is of Native origin, like Native people got together and were like, what should we be called, as opposed to other people figuring a nice word for us. Um, And I personally really like First Nations because it implies the nationhood of our peoples, it implies our sovereignty, like we are not some people living under colonial governments, and like that's all we are, like we are our own people, we have our own nations, we have our own stories to tell. Um, And so different terms meaning the same thing but with different intentions yeah okay yeah so just adding on to what kane said uh especially recently uh, i feel like a lot of these terms have been used by um by the different the different peoples indigenous to, to these lands um but i suppose broadly labeling them like native american is, is especially more has been historically more used here in the us and what is currently known as, as, as the united states uh, with first nations or even a uh, premier nation um uh, en français and french uh, being used in canada, canada um with the indigenous peoples there alongside also inuit and metis um and then um also uh, to not forget our our, our uh, indigenous uh, brothers sisters and siblings of kalali and greenland um using other terms as well. And then indigenous has really been, um, and also like native, the terms to kind of deal more so with the, with overall indigeneity to these lands and um, unity in that indigeneity. Even with indigenous, you have that transition into Abiyala or Latin America, where you have indigena as well, or indigena and in Portuguese Brasileiro, Brazilian Portuguese, um, because all of, I think that's, kind of the overall term that is replacing Indian because similarly, you also have uh, Indian in English and the Indio uh, in uh, Spanish and Portuguese and then uh, Indian uh, Francais and French. Um, and so, yeah, there is there is history and different political meanings um, tied to, to different terms. Um, and also I know in, in Canada, Canada, I think overall, referring to, to the First Nations in your MIT, um, they prefer Aboriginal as a whole, um, as, as one of the other terms they use as well. But to just just knowing um, or asking uh, and, and searching and, and, and becoming aware of the different nuances of the terms and, uh, and uh, being okay with making mistakes and, and learning and correcting. Yeah. Fascinating, um, especially to see like how different you know countries approach from their own perspective, like how Canada is different from the U.S. But since you're both like associated with the First Nations Educational Culture Center, um, could you t- talk a bit about what the role of that culture center is and the mission that it has? Yeah, so the the First Nations uh, Educational Cultural Center, NECC, is is here to, to provide a, a community on campus for, for Native and Indigenous students um, to, to provide resources, to provide a home away from home, uh, and to, to be where people who, who are like you and who are similar to you, but also bring uh, their perspectives, um, to be able to meet them and, and, and uh, be with them and 
and, and work together and, and be friends. Uh, as, as I've gotten older, I've definitely passed on uh, much of much of the work uh, I did uh, the first couple of years I was involved to, to the next generation uh, in a sense. Um, but uh, being president, working with uh, former director now, Nikki Bell, um, a couple of years ago over the summer, started going to the cultural centers after transitioning, taking the taking the, my first year to transition into college from high school to, to see how the community was there to, to kind of be a part of all of what I am. Uh, and so working with him and with the students there already to to bring back up the the organization because uh, the First Nation Centers has continued to, to do programming um, even in the absence of, of some of the the board members and heads of uh, NASA, the Native American Association, when they graduated and the, the organization was kind of on a hiatus for a couple of years. Um, but uh, the FNECC continued its uh, being there and, and being a space for the students who would go there. Uh, it just needed us students to come together and take initiative to, to bring back up uh, the student organization. So if, if Kane would like to speak on that, because he is uh, one of those students. Yeah, um, when we entered um, the First Nation Center, Kohiltek was here along with a number of other people. Um, and we kind of came in and like me and Joe especially have been moving the organization forward. Um, it's been a very good time. We've been kind of trying to expand programming as well as expand um, kind of like the scope of what um, NASA does as an organization. Um, for a while, we've done a number of like um, community building or uh, work and things like that, which is still valuable. And we still try to do um, with NASA, but we've also been trying to move forward into advocacy for the community um, and kind of just doing that work that needs to be done to ensure that we can have um, native students and they have a space to be comfortable and they know where we are. Um, I think a big thing that we're really wanting to do is advocate to be able to get more indigenous opportunity on the IU campus. Um, you know, like a lot of the reason why NASA had went on hiatus previous to Alazapa's um, coming to the First Nation Center was that there just was, wasn't really any native students to fill the role. Um, and that's because, you know, there are a number of, you know, things in our community that prevent many of our youth from getting a higher education. And so making sure that um, IU can fulfill its promises of diversity, its equity, um, and being good to its indigenous peoples um, is kind of the direction that we're moving in towards. Yeah, that's great. Could you talk about what your personal advocacy efforts are in relation to your heritage, like what you've done to promote it uh, on campus or off campus? Can, I can speak upon that a little bit, um, you know, assisting in any way I can, being at the First Nation Center. I'm described often as a part of the furniture. Um, I'm here all the time, here to support the community. So there's, you know, a lot of um, impediments, I'll say, to getting motion going in the community, partially because there, you know, is a very small Indigenous population here. Um, and like I said, it's something that we're working on. A lot of it is due to you know, barriers to higher education for our community, which keeps a lot of our people out. Um, and so that's kind of where my advocacy, that's where my goals are, that's where my aims are, and that's where my work is going, is trying to help assist in lessening some of those barriers so that Indigenous peoples who homelands do fall on the IU campus um, can get those opportunities and we can see them come in and that we can do further support. 
and I've had the privilege of of being a part of um, the the most recent one being uh, the Hoover Institute at the Stanford University this past summer uh, before my my fourth year uh, and being invited there as a representative of Indiana University Bloomington alongside students indigenous students from the U.S. from Canada Canada also. Um, from indigenous peoples of uh, Mexico, Mexico, as well as uh, Aotearoa or New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and that was that was beautiful to be a part of, to experience and to have something like that. Because um, it really combines the indigenous pursuits uh, and problems and achievements of the, the three most marginalized uh, indigenous peoples um, and of, of the world. Uh, Native Americans slash First Nations slash Indigenous peoples here, also as well as Polynesians and um, Australians or Aboriginal Australians. And so there, I was at uh, part of part of the cohort for the Indigenous Student Seminar, uh, and where we went over topics relating to Indigenous uh, business, politics, uh, economics, and law. Uh, that was a week long seminar where we we got to, to meet professors at Stanford and from uh, around the U.S. Um, and also just um, build a community within the, that uh, that global indigenous those global indigenous uh, students there, um, and and yeah, just just be at Stanford and, and take advantage of the resources network and really build that in that week for for our future work because those were we were all leaders involved in either business or or, or politics within our within our work within our studies. Uh, within our careers, lots of different uh, age groups, uh, undergraduate, graduate, working. Um, so that was a great initiative to be a part of, to, to know of, and hopefully to, to send more students to in, in the coming years. Uh, and the second thing that uh, I was involved in related to this uh, this this past year was, was my trip uh, where I met uh, you, Ming, uh, in uh, Namkhan, South Korea. Oh. And uh, I went there um to primarily to learn from from korean culture and, and from from firsthand and and that ethnic nationalism where 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 an indigenous ethnicity and indigenous people were able to to build a nation uh, to be sovereign to be autonomous to to use their language to 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 implement their viewpoints their world or their view world views into their nation and to be a, a global powerhouse economically culturally to to be to be known by the world and to kind of learn those lessons and see how those lessons played out and apply them to the indigenous peoples here to to help with sovereignty uh, with the community indigenous communities and to kind of build that connection uh, across the continent with, uh, with the different indigenous peoples. Yeah, it was a, it was a really fun experience being with you in Korea. Also, uh, so I think last year was the first year of. It. Indigenous uh, People's Day uh, in the U.S. So could you talk about like what that is, what day is it, and like what meaning does it have? Yes, so Indigenous People's Day here in the U.S. Um, was uh, this past October 10th. The specific Indigenous People's Day kind of differs, especially or the date uh, I know in Kanata, Canada, they have theirs uh, beforehand. And then there's also like a World Indigenous People's Day but this one here is kind of to be present instead of like Columbus Day, acknowledge uh, the indigenous history of these lands and kind of bring light to that 
um, and shift the focus to that and to the the past and the present and the future of of the indigenous peoples here. Uh, and so I think it's it's important um, for an overall indigenous uh, celebration and event um, where not only the different indigenous peoples can come together uh, ourselves um, uh, and be be in solidarity uh, with ourselves, but also the the non-indigenous community here to to be a part of that as well, uh, to come and to listen to indigenous voices, to indigenous told by indig indigenous history told by indigenous voices. Um, and and really learn that and, and kind of add that to their perspective um, to maybe something that they did not know did not were not taught uh, in the education system or or even in their own uh, home environment growing up and so I think it is important steps to kind of move in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I know on campus in October there was a bit of a incident or controversy about Indigenous Peoples Day. As parties involved, could you go into what happened and what your views are? Uh, yeah, um, that was definitely a thing that happened. So um, this Indigenous Peoples Day was the first one to be recognized by the IU campus, by the IU administration. And we had a bit of a celebration about it because this was something that students in the past, before NASA took its hiatus, had a lot of effort put into. They actually petitioned the city government to recognize um, Indigenous Peoples Day, which they first recognized, I believe, in 2018. Um, and, you know, it, but the long push was to finally get IU Bloomington to recognize it. Like the school that we are going to will recognize that it is Indigenous Peoples Day and not Columbus Day. Um, and so this year it was, you know, kind of a special moment um, and was the, you know, like the product of a lot of work. Um, and so we did chalking campaigns across campus and tabling to inform people about Indigenous Peoples Day and what it's about, um, going a lot into what um, Alazapa said about, you know, like it's about histories. And I'd like to add, I think, truly our history of resistance and survival. Um, it's a celebration of the fact that we made it here um, and our ancestors carried us despite everything that happened from Columbus forward. Um, it's a great day of celebration of strength. Yeah, we went through all that and put up an Instagram post and on it, um, the first slide was our president, Joe, holding a poster that said, we will not celebrate our genocide because to us, that is what Columbus rec you know, represents. Um, you know, he was the first of the war criminals that came here. And so we got tons of people, some I believe were probably from the IU campus, many brought in from people from the IU campus, um, from online. And we had, I think at this point, it's almost 2000 comments of just hatred, some of the most vile things. Um, you know, we had people saying that we sacrificed babies and that we were cannibals and all these various different things like anti-Semitic attacks, anti-queer attacks. Um, it was a lot, um, you know, personally, wishing death upon us, um, you know, personally commenting on members of the, who are in the post on our appearances and just a lot. It was definitely an awful situation, um, though I think that like our community is strong and we support each other, like we are going to be fine, but what happened was not fine. And I think that there needs to be a serious conversation on the IU campus around like anti-indigeneity and what that looks like on our campus. Um, which is hope talks that I hope to soon facilitate.
Yeah, and uh, adding on to what uh, to what Kane said, and, and and to what that kind of showed of the community and of the work that uh, that is yet to be done um, on a on a on a personal level from people not of the indigenous community and and their views. And I know, like, with the people involved in the post and in the center, like seeing that. You know this this first year of of acknowledging the celebration, which like in in the U.S. has has already been um, acknowledged um, on a national scale. Seeing it within this community, Bloomington, which is one of or has been in the top of of many lists for for being open and for being um, to 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 different views. Like for me, like I was not um, like growing up, I, I've I've not really experienced anything like that like bullying or threatening life events like that so this was kind of my first experience with something like that like I had seen other I had seen evidence of that with well in other instances um, but this like was really the first time it was presented in, in my life um, aimed at the community I was a part of and, uh, and and people close to me who mattered to me and so it's it's kind of a sign of uh, of life of reality of, of where we are right now. And what's what's one of the quotes by by one of the like a, a reformer here in the U.S. Like if if you get if you get that kind of of, of hate of of response, that means you're you're doing something something right, something that's worth fighting for, because it's this is about solidarity within ourselves, but also with with others who who will now live with us. Or different ancestries who, who who have different perspectives, but like we're all on, on indigenous land. Like you can you can think something and, and not agree with someone, but but still respect them. Uh, and and there is no need in, in, in this society in which we're in, in the US, which um not a perfect country by by any means, but but everything we're able to do here. This freedom that uh, many like to tout, um, this choice, we can just choose to, to be better, to do better, to say and think better things. Um, and so this this is just an occurrence. That it, it is unfortunate, but it is it is proof that there is work to be done. That the work that we are doing is is worth doing because there are still people who do not see what uh, what has been, what is, and what will be in the future. So just uh, learning and, and uh, moving on while while addressing it on the way. And, and hopefully in, in the future, the future generations, seven and more, um, because of the work that we do and uh, our resiliency and, and support from, from our communities and outside, uh, they do not have to deal with the same transgressions that, that we have had to deal with, that our ancestors had to deal with. Uh, and they are in a better place uh, because of our actions. What do you guys hope for others to know about indigenous culture, like for them to build their knowledge on, um, especially since, you know, nowadays we're seeing a lot more um, hate crimes against minorities. Um, one thing that I would like to see going forward um, with education on indigenous people is a move away from um, pan-indigeneity, which I will go into that term. Essentially, the idea of pan-indigeneity is that Indigenous people are this largely homogenous group and that we're all just generally like one big Native American group. 
which couldn't be farther from the truth. There are various different cultures and ethnicities of all the varying peoples and languages and societies. Um, you know, I am Coast Salish and I am from the Lummi, Nooksack and Upper Skagit nations. And we are the Pacific Northwestern people. We are whaling people. We are fishing people. We are crabbing people. Um, we are people of the water. Um, but if you go just over the mountains, you'll find all the plains people, the horse people, the people who hunt the bison and live in the teepees. Um, you know, we have people who live all across the continent, uh, the continents, um, and we live different ways of life and have different ways of seeing things and different understandings that should be respected and understood. Going off of both of your points, uh, yeah, Ming, like with the recent um, hate crimes against like uh, Asians and, and uh, Polynesians here in the US uh, and even globally, their showings of of the state of current society um, and the work that must be done, but also a sign within those of us who are affected that uh, we share similarities in 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 our in our struggles and and the in the work that we do. And so there is that human connection that crosses uh, crosses ancestries, cross, crosses cultures. Um, and so that's that's one of the ways that we can build. That solidarity amongst uh, other other ancestries and other peoples, and so as well with Kane's point, yeah, for sure, um, a a, lo- a contributing factor to people having these viewpoints and these the these kind of viewpoints of the past is is because of lack of education and of, of right education, of correct education, on being on really learning um, what is because yes, we have an ancestry like Asian is an ancestry, African is an ancestry, European is an ancestry, so we have that similar general culture. But like Kane said, if you delve into that, there are hundreds of ethnicities within each of those ancestries. With uh, Kane's other point, like recognizing each of us as as we are, I think that's one of the things that's being lost on a, on a personal level that I have noted, like through nationality, um, with nationality being such like the main identifying factor really glo- worldwide, like uh, that people, you ask someone where they are, or in, in essence, what are they? And then they say, most likely their nationality, um, because that's kind of the state we are globally. And so that kind of takes away from, from ethnicity and what we really are. And so that that political label, and, and that is not to say that it is, it is all bad. There is there is good. There's, there's much good that comes from having a shared national culture, and uh, especially with globalization, with traveling, with going to different places and, and being with people, maybe not your people, being with people who share that nationality and, and whom and with whom there is that that level of of, of knowledge of knowing of, of similarity that you can be comfortable with but that is not to say that it should replace it should simply be an, an addition to our our individual identities yeah i'd like to really add on to that too like i love all of what was said and i think even going off of that forward is like having that understanding that the indigenous perspective is kind of all of those things together, you know, um, the worldviews, the language, like the way that we view the world um, is based off of our land and the way that our language is formed is off of our understanding of our land. Um, I was just um, listening to an old recording of my uncle telling an old story um, of this woman who was sent off into the forest to go survive and figure it out. And she was constantly crying. And when she'd cry, they would go, Simuch, be quiet. And they would show her something, whether it be the trees or the birds. And they would say, hey, like, this is how you survive. Like, this is how the world is. And this is how we navigate through it. You know, our land 
and our relatives on that land, uh, whomever, whoever they may be, are our teachers and do from them, we have our worldviews and our understandings and our language um, to understand that the land is all of those things and how important indigeneity is um, in, you know, observing that. Maybe just to close off, this is very much a past um, the, where the past is very important, but also the present uh, and the future. This is this is uh, modern. This is combination uh, of all those things, and so um, the future is indigenous, and that's that's a global message. We're all indigenous to somewhere, and so these things these things are the things that. Uh, we, that uh, that should be taken uh, into, into the next seven generations and beyond. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's a great message. Um, and I think just the time I've spent with you guys has been uh, really fascinating and I learned a lot. And I hope all of our listeners also learned a lot about uh, what being Indigenous really means. Um, and I guess just to wrap it up, um, yeah, thank you to our guests, Alzapa and Kane, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hearabouts. Uh, Hearabouts is produced by the WFHB Community Radio and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We will air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. And please stay tuned for our episodes in the future. This was Ming Wang, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.